You know, recently, a Dean CEO magazine called Mark Brzezinski the father of fast casual food, fast casual food scene, uh, at least in our area. But I mean, the fact is, he's he's overseen like 120 restaurant openings, and you know, Ten Star and Payway and Asian Payway Asian Diner and the Velvet Taco and uh, the Bond Shop, and more recently, uh, this this popular Tokyo concept, Mogami Udon and Bengal Coast and. And so what's the restaurant of the future going to look like, or the immediate future? Mark Brzezinski joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. David, thank you very much for having me again. I appreciate it. It's always, it's always fun to talk to you uh, off the cuff and just talk about the industry and the, the thing that people go out to do for entertainment here and now. Well, I'm, just, I'm hoping that we have something to do because we're all <laughs> beginning to get our shots and we're getting you know, the immunity up and we're getting our nerve up and it's time to go back out enjoying the world uh, on the one hand is there going to be any place to go yeah you, you you know texas is always going to be a little bit more uh forward on that type of thing i mean we're we're one of the first states obviously to go back to 100 percent. i'm not sure many people certainly my friends you know the kenny bowers of the world and and the people that i've known forever bob samuel nobody, nobody's going to go back to 100 percent seating without masks i mean we're all going to be very cautious Kind of like a game of musical chairs, right, David? Nobody wants to be the first one to. Well, well have but 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 the, but the key is that they're still open, and and, and oh, we yeah. haven't lost, you know, all of our restaurants. No, yeah, I, I hey, listen. The PPP money. Let's not, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. The PPP money certainly helped. Without that, I'm not sure we'd be talking the same, you know, the same um, uh, way that we're talking now. But certainly, restaurants adjusted, right? to go take away third party, just absolutely were inundated with the third party people. Uh, maybe three or four months before the pandemic, I, I would have told you that I would have been very, very hard pressed to use third party in our restaurants. But then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and everybody's calling everybody and you couldn't get anybody on the phone, right? Everybody had to do third party and all of a sudden they're all springing up all over the place. So third party certainly helped bridge the time um, being uh, adjustable to how you package your foods and how accessible you made your foods certainly helped. There's like anything else, David, you know, there's there's three, four, five factors that probably contributed to the fact that you can drive down Greenville Avenue or you can drive down Beltline or wherever you drive and see restaurants open. So as you look ahead, and because you're constantly designing new concepts and and if you don't come up with or somebody calls you in to to doctor one that they've got what changes are you going to make going forward are are any of these long-lasting changes do you have to have a drive-through window do you have to have an outdoor space uh to offer people do you have to have more square footage so you have more spacing any of this going to last yeah i don't know about the more square footage you certainly uh, the competition right now and you know we're in the in the heart of it looking for spaces right the competition for end caps where you can do at least a pickup window or or if you you know or drive-throughs freestanding buildings are, are going to be few and far between available because everybody now wants to drive up um you know you know chipotle right you, you study and they did this thing called the chipotle lane right it's not an order it's a pickup and they're starting to do double lanes, right? That's a, one of my best friends is the corporate executive chef for Chipotle. And their Chipotle lanes, the stores that where they're able to get a Chipotle lane, which means obviously they're on an end cap 
or somewhere in a freestanding building where you can drive up and pick up your food and stay in your car. I think there's two components to that, if I may. The number one is we've become much more comfortable working in our cars, right? Uh, with cell phones and, and all the connectivity we have, it's not such a bad thing to be in your car. It used to be like you get in a line and you, the clock started ticking until your patience wore out and then you jump out of line. But nowadays you're talking, the time goes quickly. So yes, drive up windows, certainly whether they're order windows or just pick up windows, just pick up windows alone. Um, those type of things are going to be something that everybody's going to be doing. The, the, you mentioned the third party, the, the door dashes and right. Uber eats and, and everything else. I don't, I was never very aware of that in our area prior to the pandemic, but I know I'd go out of town. We I remember being in Paris in a restaurant and during the course of a meal, I'd see five, six, seven different people drive up on motorcycles or bicycles or whatever, grab a bag and then run out. I guess, I mean, maybe that's a dense urban area. But they really use it a lot. I mean, is there a way to, is there a way for restaurants to actually make money with with third party delivery? Because all we ever hear about is that the margins are just just microscopic. Well, you know the market dictates, right, David? I mean, if you're willing to spend that, if you if you're one of those people that wants to sit at home and have things delivered to you, you will pay a premium for that. You know, whether it's Amazon or whoever it is that's willing to bring it, if it's food. Um, it used to be people weren't willing to pay that. They said, heck with it. I'm just going to get my car and go. But nowadays, people are a little bit more like, okay, I'm okay at home. I'll pay a little bit extra. The restaurant margins aren't going to be the same. But frankly, to-go business has always been big in most of the, the concepts that I've done. I mean, going back to Payway, where our business was sometimes 50% to-go, and that was way pre-pandemic, right? So I, I think the ponderance of people that want to order to go food will continue it may increase a little bit but i don't i don't think it's going to dominate our market i i, I would disagree with people who think that it's going to become dominant well, so you're the father as far as i know of of this fast casual which i like where you go in and and you 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 get an order you put your order in then you take a number and you go sit down and they bring you the food Right. And that's and everybody's doing that now. Everybody's yep. doing that yep. now. Is that the next is that still the next big thing or is there another big thing coming? Well, yesterday and yesterday's I don't know if you get it, the Nations Restaurant News the news does a um, a daily smart brief and they talk about things. And yet one of the feature articles on yesterday's was all these uh, high level, you know, very craft skilled chefs, culinarians are going to fast casual. You know, everybody knows probably David Chang, right, from New York, Momofuku. He's growing his fuku, F-U, i got to be careful how I say that, right? <laughs> is, and I think it was intentional, intentional, by the way. But anyways, F-U-K-U is his fast food or his quick casual chicken sandwich. He was doing chicken sandwiches long before other people were. And he actually did a concept around it called fuku. And he, I read yesterday he was up to 22 locations, and now they're doing ghost kitchens where it's just the chicken sandwich. So I think you're going to see more and more of that just because that's the nature of the beast. People are trying to think of smaller and more inexpensive ways to provide what they do. Well, then maybe that's the answer 
to maybe the next question I was going to ask is one of the things I remember, and I don't know if it was you or it may have been Randy DeWitt, when this thing first started, who, who told us, said, you know, some of the biggest casualties are going to be the white tablecloth restaurants. They're getting double whammied. On the one hand, business, you know, expense account dining is not going to come back as quickly as casual dining. And so the big tickets. And then these guys don't, they can't turn. You can't have a table can't turn five times, you know, in a night. You know, maybe you get two. And so, especially if you if you're not at a hundred percent capacity, your margins are going to get hit. Is that the salvation for the the white tablecloth? Is is a takeaway? Um, I, you know, it's funny. I I just I had uh, dinner with Kenny Bowers the other night. You know, Kenny's one of my best friends in the business, and he says his restaurants. He kind of shrugs his shoulder and say, we're not doing that much more to go, but our business is back. I mean, I don't want to divulge what he told me, but he's near he's near where he was pre-pandemic. And I think it's it, we got to be careful to try to group everybody. We're always trying to figure things out by grouping things. Dallas is a different kind of a different bird, right? We we love our restaurants. We love going out. Yes, I think if you were on the margin of not being all that great a restaurant and people and you were struggling, you probably continue to struggle. But I think the popular places and places that people have developed into the rotation will come back very strong because people are very, very stubborn about wanting what they want. But these business dinners, I mean, and again, I, you know, Gary Kelly at Southwest Airlines says he doesn't think business travel is going to be back full for maybe five or maybe 10 years. And if that's not happening, those big American yeah. Express Platinum cards are not going to show up at the white tablecloth restaurants. And that's a lot of that business. Yeah, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, as a matter of fact, even in my business, you, you referenced fast casual, right? Every day pre-pandemic, you'd get the staff ready for the quote-unquote lunch rush, right? All the people coming out of their offices, you know, the highways got crowded at lunch. You go into any of my restaurants at lunch now, and it's leisurely, you know, two tables come in, three tables leave, four tables come in, one table leaves. You never have that lunch rush. I mean, I'm smiling while I'm saying this, but... It was like a big thing in our business, like a rah-rah, like a pre, you know, you have a pre-shift meeting. Okay, let's get ready. They're going to, that door's going to open and they're going to flood in. And you got like 90 minutes or something for all these <laughs> Yeah, you, you get you get from basically 1130. Hey, when we were at Payway, we'd open some of our restaurants at 10 o'clock to get ready for the lunch rush. And we'd sometimes like on McKinney Avenue or out in Las Colinas, we'd do $1,000 before 11 o'clock because people knew that it was going to be so crowded at lunch until offices go back. I'm like, I'm watching that every day, little by little offices go back. I don't know. The thing that I'm worried about for us is think about it, David, we do 14 shifts a week, right? Lunch and dinner, seven days a week. That's 14 shifts. You take five of those Monday through Friday lunch. That's a full one third. That's actually a little bit more than a third, right? And then you add Sunday lunch because churches aren't going back. So now you're at six out of your 14 shifts, you're, you're, you're going to struggle. And that's, that's, that's the bigger issue to me is that until people start working again, until they start going to stop, start going to church again, they're, we're going to struggle to bring back uh, the, the daytime diner. Yeah. And then, and then, and then the other question I think is, is what do they want? I, you know, we've been, you know, it, it, it sequestered like everybody else for a long time. And when we finally, worked up the nerve to go out it was to eat and eat outside 
But I didn't, you know, I didn't have a craving for Chateaubriand. I wanted a hamburger. <laughs> I wanted comfort food. I think. Yeah. And and, and so you, here, you, your latest thing is you've been you bringing out a new concept. You know, introduce people people to to Japanese noodles. Yeah. Are they eating it, or or do they want chicken fried steak? <laughs> no, noodles. Hey, let's let's face it. Noodles are a comfort food, regardless of what size and and what amount. Uh, you know, I don't think that's. It's a new brand. A new brand is harder to introduce than a type of food, and I know that's a kind of a differentiation that's hard to draw. But it, to introduce a new brand, it goes back to what I said before, David. Right? Is that you try to get into a rotation? If you're not like you said, when you start going back out, what's the first thing you think of? Places you used to go, right? That you missed, right? right? If you missed having your Mongolian beef, or you missed having your, you know, double cheeseburger or whatever it was, you're going to go back to those places. You may not go to a place that you hadn't been to yet because it's it's unfamiliar and you want to go back to what, what was familiar. So breaking in as a new brand is the bigger challenge. The, the comfort food, we, we can certainly, uh, you know, we can offer that and we can, we can operate in spades to do that. But as a new brand that opened during the pandemic, that's a bigger challenge. Yeah, I would think so. Look, uh, we're all looking forward to getting out yeah. on a regular basis and spending some of all this money we've been squirreling away. <laughs> Mark Brzezinski <laughs> is the uh, father of uh, Dallas Fast Casual and, and the whole food scene, and and we look forward to all your all your new brands, too. Keep us busy. Thank, right? thank you very much, David. I look forward to being here a couple more years and, and watching us all rebound. Thanks for more of our conversation with Mr. Brzezinski. Go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.